We're going to continue what Pastor Mike was teaching on last week um, in Psalm 91. And how many of you have experienced um, in this world some times of maybe you didn't yield to it, but you were sorely tempted to be anxious? <laughs> you hear about all sorts of things. You hear about shootings, you hear about tragedies, you hear about diseases, you know, just all, you know, you hear somebody fell off of a roller coaster and I mean, just everything. And the next time you go to the, to the um, amusement park, then you just don't know what to think. You're filled with anxiety. And, you know, I think that, that the Lord knew that we would be experiencing some of that throughout the course of time. You know, sometimes we think, man, we just live in the roughest time that there's ever been. There's been a lot of rough times in the history of this world. <laughs> you know, aren't you thankful that we don't live in a time where whoever's the biggest and strongest, well, for most, most places, whoever's biggest and strongest gets to be the leader? You know, because the biggest guy and the strongest guy isn't always the best guy to lead. <laughs> you know, but that's the way it used to be in the world. Who was... The biggest, the strongest, the most convincing, you just take over that section of the world and then we all do whatever he says for a period of time. And so I, I, I believe that the Lord put this chapter in the Bible very specifically to bring comfort to us, to help us to have something that would stabilize us in times where we are just tempted to be filled with anxiety filled with fear. And so, uh, pastor has this, uh, I guess it's an acronym. So it's called safe. It's secure and firmly established. How many of you just love security? I, I don't like feeling insecure where I don't know what's coming next. I mean, I am, I am the epitome of over-preparedness. We're about to go camping and Whenever I see anything that I think that we might need while camping that we don't have, it's going to go in there because I want to be prepared for everything, you know. Um, there is a trusting in God, and there's also a real um, security that we like to have, that we like to have stable and secure around us. And so in Psalm 91, it starts out here. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And pastor was teaching last week that, you know, of when we receive the Lord Jesus, you know, Jesus redeemed our lives from destruction. Hallelujah. Every single one of us were headed for destruction and Jesus stepped in. He took the penalty for that on, our, on himself. He redeemed us from this situation and now to each one of us, he offers himself, his life, his, his conquest to us in what we call the free gift of eternal life. And all we have to do to receive eternal life is to receive him. That's it. You don't have to fight the battle. <laughs> you don't have to overcome it. He overcame it for you. And so he is the truest of secret places. When we abide in him, he is our secret place. There's also another um, another angle to this that there is a secret place of priority where you are making your time with God a priority. When Mike and I got married, there's a piece of paper that says we are married. It's official. 
The government acknowledges us as married. If one of us wants to run away, we're going to have to work hard to unentangle all of that because we're married. But how many of you know that even being married people living together, you wake up that morning and it's like, man, when's the last time we had a conversation? When's the last time we did something together? We need to work on our relationship. We need to work on spending secret quality time together. And I believe that this is a big part, too, of what this secret place is in God. He who dwells. What, do you, what is dwelling? It's like it's, it's somewhere you go every day, isn't it? You get up, you leave, you go to work, but where do you come back to? You come back to your dwelling place, the place that you live. And so he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, that means a place where you go with God. When Jesus was talking in Matthew chapter 6, he was instructing them on prayer. And he said, when you pray, first of all, don't make a big show about it. Apparently that was a thing back then. I don't think that's much of a thing anymore, at least in our circles. But back then apparently it was a thing where you just go out in public and... <clears throat> God, you know, that feels very strange to me, but that's what they did. And so he's saying, okay, no, 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 that's not prayer. <laughs> he didn't say it, but that's a performance. They're different things. So he said, uh, he said, go in, shut the door, and in that secret place, God will see you and will reward you for all this interaction that has there. What's our reward? Him. He's the reward. <laughs> you get to spend time with God. You go into that secret place. You start fellowshipping with him. You start worshiping him. You start talking to him about all the things that are going on in your life. And he's there. And he's ready. And he's waiting. And guess what? He has answers. <laughs> How many of you have ever talked to a friend and, and when you were done, all they could do is say, pat you on the back and say, that just sounds awful. <laughs> but they couldn't really do anything for you. But when we go to God in that secret place, he can always do something for us from our time with him there. So he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You know, we, have, we live in Pueblo West, and when we built our home, there was nothing but cactus and brush and, you know, the prairie grass and all that, there wasn't anything that bumped the, you know, the ground on our, our property. So we just keep planting and we keep planting and we keep planting and we keep planting and we lose some and we, you know, get some by accident and all these sorts of things. But we have some trees now that we have grown our property that are pretty good sizes. And so we're always looking for the shadow of the tree. <laughs> We're always looking for that spot that's going to shield our eyes from, you know, from the hot sun, from the glaring sun. Uh, and so we have all these different spots. Over here in the morning, we sit because it shields us there. If it's like midday, there's a little tree, and I go real close to our evergreens, and there's my shade there. And if it's in the afternoon, then I can just sit out and under the tree, uh, our little locust tree, and there's shade there. But I'm telling you, if I take my chair and I just go put it out in the middle of the backyard, it's going to be hot. <laughs> 
And so it says that when we come into the secret place, we get to experience that shade. You know, a lot of people don't get to understand the scripture like you and I do living in Colorado. You know, you live down south where it's so hot and humid. You take your chair and you put it under a tree and then you put it out from under the tree. It's just like, well, there might have been a little bit of difference, but not too much of a difference. It feels pretty much the same. But as we sit in the presence of God, as we are in that secret place with him, he's sheltering you. You feel it. You sense it. Your time from him is refreshing. It's like, whoo, there was all that hot and heat and busyness and everything going on and problems, all sorts of issues, but now I came. It's just me and the Lord. Ah, this is so refreshing. I'm just going to stay here for a while. So he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And now it says, I will say. Who will say? I will say. You will say. (laughs) We must say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In him I will trust. And so when things are going on all around us, how many of you have experienced that where you just got caught up in it? Ah, there's something going on. I know we got to react. What are we going to? We, we start responding it to it. But in that moment, we need to take time to say, he is my refuge and my fortress. I'm not going to be bored up my windows and I'm not going to be packing up my bags and I might be going to higher ground or whatever the situation is. But in all the doing, he is the one that I'm trusting in. I am trusting that he's going to bless my doing because he is my fortress. He is my refuge. He is my God and in him I will trust. You don't want to just hope for the best. I hope that everything goes fine. Several years ago, our whole family, our boys had never been to Africa. I was raised in Africa. My parents, my sister, my whole family still lives in Africa. And so our sons had never got to go. Um, And so it was Mike and I, our our two sons. Our daughter went when she was little, but she's got a family now. They can't just take the whole family and go to Africa all the time. So she didn't get to go. But our two nieces who were raised there, all six of us went. And on our way back... We knew that it was going to be during the windy season. And in the windy season, a lot of times they just, they just don't, they don't go on the lake. The boats just say, we're just not going today. Winds are too high. Too many lives have been lost. And so we were, we were hoping, <laughs> trusting God would get to take the boat. So sure enough, the boat was like, ah, oh, we don't know, we don't know, we don't know. Yeah, we're going to go. So. We got, on this, we got on this boat, and it was a speed boat. I don't know what else you would call it, but not like a little speed boat, but like a big speed boat for passengers. And so we're going out on the lake, and this is like the second longest lake in the world. The first longest lake, it's very long, and it looks like an ocean uh, when you're there. So it's not a small little lake. But we're out there. We're on the water in, in this boat, um, we are all got our hands full. We are traveling with another missionary lady who had three kids, Monty, was it? Two or three. So everybody's got a kid. The water started getting choppier. There's just 
woman with another child, she's just flat out laying in the aisle. She's so she's sick, she just doesn't even know what weighs up. So we got her child, we're taking care of, everybody's got a baby, we're taking care of babies. The water's getting choppier and choppier, and we're all getting more and more concerned. The fellas behind us, they're businessmen traveling with their sons, and they just got up, they know these waters, they just got up, they got the life vest, put it on, getting ready for whatever might happen. And so these waters were just so rough in waves and cross waves. And, and we were truly concerned. At one point, it was so rough, it threw, what's the thing you turn? The wheel, the steering wheel. It threw the captain off the, feel, the steering wheel. He went flying in the boat. Jared was there and he said he just saw water. That's all he saw out of his window, right out of his window. So we're in these waters. We've all got babies to hold. <laughs> Woman's lying sick in the floor. People are getting their life vests on. We're all very concerned, and we have nowhere private to go to our secret place. <laughs> but we started just saying, it's like the only scripture I could think of was the scripture, the story where Jesus said to his disciples, we're going to the other side. And so I'm just sitting here. I'm mumbling in my seat holding babies like, we are not going down. We are going over Jesus said we were going to the other side. I'm going to this side. We are not going under. This is what we're doing. I'm putting my confidence in you, Lord. You are taking us to the other side. We're not going anywhere. We're not going down. We're not going anywhere. So we're going to the other side. That's where we're going. I'm keeping directing with my mouth, even though on the inside, I, really, it's just like, what? why did you tell us to come here, Mike? Or why didn't you plan better? You know, there's all sorts of things I can think. And, and sure enough, the Lord brought us to the side. But when we're speaking, when you're in the thing, when you're in these situations where fear could just, you know, the Bible says that in the late, the later days that of this world, that people's hearts are actually going to fail them for fear, that there are going to be things that we might be experiencing in this earth that someone would look at it and get so upset that kaboom, kaboom. Psh, their heart just stops because they are so afraid. And so God does not want any of us as his children to ever feel that way. So as we are in the secret place of the Most High, abiding under his shadow, we can say of the Lord, he is my refuge. It doesn't matter what's going on around me. He is my fortress he is my God, and Lord, I'm putting my trust in you. It doesn't matter what's going on over here. doesn't matter what's going on over there. We are putting our trust in God. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler. Do you know that the devil would love to trip you up? And at times does. <laughs> we've all had something where the enemy has just set a trap for us that we've just fallen right into. Maybe you even went into it saying... Whatever I do, I'm not falling in that trap. I've fallen in that trap before, and I'm not falling in that trap, and kaboom, there you go. It's like, oh, man, I went shooting my mouth off again. I did this again. I fell for that again. But it says here that he'll deliver you from the snare of the fowler. He's going to deliver you, even if you fall for it. Aren't you glad that he'll deliver you out of it? Yeah. He doesn't sit there and say, well, I told you. Didn't you remember hearing me in your little pitter-patter heart saying, don't do that? You didn't listen to me. That's not the God that we serve. 
He's going to help you to get out of that situation. He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. You know, we never probably fully understood the magnitude of a perilous pestilence until we dealt with the whole thing with COVID. It doesn't matter what your opinion was about COVID. The earth had a sickness <laughs> that was widespread and many people died. <laughs> That's the way that it was. And, you know, we've, we've not always understood those things, but it's saying here that he will deliver us from the perilous pestilence. And we're still going to be speaking with our mouths. He will cover you with his feathers. I had Julie pull up one of these pictures. It is so cute. If you aren't raised on a farm, you just don't even know things like this happen. Do you see that chicken with many, many legs? <laughs> That's a mama hen with her wings spread. And she's got who knows how many little chicks underneath her. There's stuff going on around her. There might be a hawk or a cat or a who knows what. But she's like, no, all my little chicks, they come. And they're underneath her wings. And this is the picture that the Lord is giving us, although most of us don't like to envision God as a chicken, do we? More something like an eagle or something really big. But he will cover you with his feathers. That means whatever is going on out here does not impact me under here because God's got it covered. He's protecting me. He's taking care of me. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. This is one of the reasons it's so important to put his truth in your heart. I'm telling you. How many of you have ever had a day where you didn't get good cell service? Nothing's pulling up or you're in that little empty spot on the edge of town. You're like, I need my scripture. Google, 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 and Google's not for you. It's not giving me my scripture. That's because your scripture's supposed to be in your heart. <laughs> not just on the paper of your Bible, not just in your phone. It's supposed to be in your heart because it's an interactive process. You put the scriptures in your heart, and as you walk out life, the Holy Spirit is retrieving these scriptures for you at the right time. They're coming up on the inside of you. And so his truth, we're right. It says here it'll be a shield and a buckler. So when do you have a shield? We have it in a battle, right? Have y'all gone to Walmart recently? And Well, soon we will. Halloween's around the corner. You might see kids walking around with shields. But you don't walk around Walmart or City Park seeing somebody with a shield crouched behind it looking around. You have a shield, you have a buckler when you're in a time of battle. And in the time of battle, in the time where you are having a conflict with something, that's when the truth of his word by the Holy Spirit will come up on the inside of you. And his truth, those words that come up that you speak out, it's going to be like a shield that comes up around you. It'll be like a buckler where you're in the battle and you're using it to defend yourself. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night. I was telling Mike a few, a couple weeks ago. Now, if I'm awake in the night or whatever, if it's a nice night, who wants to waste a nice night? I'm just sitting, tossing, turning in bed. I don't want to waste a nice night. So I'll grab a blanket. I'll go sit out on the front porch. I got me a nice bench there. It's got a cushion. I'll get me a glass of water. I enjoy the stars and I talk to the Lord. Well, you know, this must have been like a day where there was a um, new moon. It was 
dark. And nobody's porch lights were on. And I'm sitting here in my merry little spot. Got my water. I'm all cuddled up in my blanket on the front porch. And I heard footsteps. I'm like, I can't see anything. Where are those steps coming from? Are they out there on the road? Are they in my driveway? I sat for a little bit, and I thought, me and my blanket, we're going back inside again. I can't see. I can't see who's walking where. I'm going back inside. I'll go cuddle up on my couch inside. But, you know, he says that you will not, it doesn't need to be, you need to be stupid. You can go inside. It's, it's not like, oh, you yielded to fear. You should have stayed out there. Well, maybe you should have, but I should have gone back inside. That's what I should have done. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night. You know, there are a lot of things. You know, most people don't do their three-mile walk at night, do they? You can't see. I mean, you might have a flashlight, but you won't be able to see your, you know, like if there's a, snake or a whatever those bobcat things or you you just can't see you won't be able to see things crash so what do we do we stay inside at night but the lord doesn't want us to be afraid you know there's times you need to be outside what if we're out camping it's like oh i'm too scared i gotta stay inside the tent or the camper can't sit by the campfire i'm afraid he wants you to be living in confidence knowing that he's gonna take care of you you get to enjoy the earth. <laughs> you will not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day. We've got us a little archer here. She's real good at archery. I heard she's done really well, and so you better watch out for Mary. Don't misbehave around her. But, um, you know, in battle, there's arrows flying. I can't really imagine that. That must be quite awful. But he says you don't have to be afraid. You don't worry. Why? Because you're under the shelter of the Almighty. He's, he's got you covered. Nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness. You know, there's always diseases going here and there and everywhere. They keep giving them new names. We keep looking them up to see what they are, right? <laughs> but the Lord says you don't need to worry about those things. We need to just keep his word, his truth, coming out of our mouths declaring that he is our refuge, our fortress, and that we trust in him. We don't have to, we're in verse 6, sorry I haven't been pacing you guys here, nor of the destruction that lay waste at noonday. As I was reading this, I was thinking about the towers at 911. There's actually a lot of tragedy in that day, but as time goes on, you hear more and more also testimonies of people who were spared from that from that tragedy. They were planning to be traveling. They were planning to be there and just something came up and they weren't there. But you know, in the middle of the day, right? In, the, in, in a peaceful nation, everything is going, is going great. And then all of a sudden, there's this massive destruction of evil that happens. And the Lord is saying, you don't need to be afraid. You don't need to be fearful in those places. A thousand may fall at your side. How, just envision this for a minute. You're standing here, and kaboom, a thousand people fall. And 10,000 at your right hand. We've just got bodies dropping everywhere, according to this scripture. And I want you to look at the next words that he puts in here. He says, but it shall not come near you. 
in in God's mind, a thousand people dropping here, ten thousand dropping here, where you are concerned because He has you covered. It hasn't come near you yet. It's not close. Praise God. I like God's perspective. Only with your eyes will you look and see the reward of the wicked. You're only going to be looking on. You're not going to be participating in it. You're not going to be receiving it for yourselves. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. So there is, we read in um, John, I think it's John chapter 15, this idea where Jesus says that I am in you and you are in me. He is the vine and we are the branches. So his life is coming up outside of us because God lives on the inside of you. How many of you all forget that? I forget it very frequently. Oh, yeah, God's living on the inside of me. I have a pretty significant resource here. <laughs> I can ask him questions. <laughs> I can trust him. When I'm in Walmart, it's like, telling you the thing says that there's bacon powder here and I can't find it you do you know that the Lord knows where the bacon powder is and he can help you find it we have a tremendous resource on the inside of ourselves so God is in us and we are also in him there is this interconnectedness but it's so easy for us to just live our lives not thinking too much about that just living like everybody else does in this world. I just got to get up, got to go get groceries. Oh, I got to pick up the milk and I've got to do this. And, and that this is all that there is to my life. But your life has so much, excuse me, more dimension than that. You have this whole element of God being on the inside of you. You're in him. He's in you. And you get to pull yourself away and spend time in a secret place with the Lord. Now, many years ago, I had a need to be loud, quite loud, because I had a lot in my heart that I needed to talk to the Lord about, and it wasn't pretty. And so, I had a place I would call my secret place where I could be loud, because <laughs> I could go out there. And you don't ever end there, but you can start here. Do you know that God, God can take it if you have a bad attitude? You know, if you have a bad attitude, the best place to go is to the Lord and talk about your bad attitude because his shoulders can take it. When you're all said and done, his feelings aren't going to be hurt. He's not going to be all bent out of shape. He's not going to cut you off. He's going to help you work through it and process it. So at this point in my life... I needed to be pretty vocal. So I would go out a place not far from our home. There's nobody out there. And I would just let the Lord know how I was feeling and what I thought. But here's his key. You don't ever go to the Lord and pour out your heart in your secret place like that and say, well, I feel better. I'm done now. Oh, no. No, no, no. You just had your say. He hasn't helped you out yet. <laughs> he hasn't given you, he hasn't given his help yet. I, I heard it described like this, and it makes all the sense in the world to me. 
Uh, Lynn Hammond, who is a, a pastor's wife and she teaches a lot on prayer, she said that in prayer, when we just need to pour our heart out to the Lord, it's like you've got a messy dresser drawer. And the only way to fix that messy dresser drawer is take everything out. It's beyond redemption. You just take everything out, and that is you pouring your heart out to God. But now, you're going to allow the Lord to come up in your own heart and give you direction, give you encouragement, give you instruction. And as you're doing that, it's like you're folding those clothes. And now we're putting it all back nice and orderly. That's the help of the Holy Spirit as you go in your secret place. And that's what I would do. I don't feel the, the need to be so vocal anymore. So I don't have to walk as far to find my secret place. <laughs> I just require privacy. That's all, I, that's all I need these days, at least in this, this time in my life. So I can go out under the tree. Uh, Mike and I, sometimes we switch place, places. It's like I'll get up and I'm praying in the bedroom and he comes out and he starts doing whatever he does. In the and I'm like, I go back to the bedroom now. Why? Because I'm mad at him? No, because <laughs> I'm still wanting to have that time in my secret place with the Lord. And it's between the Lord and I. And he's got his own time with the Lord too. And so we need to make sure we're taking time to dwell in that secret place with the Lord. Spend time with him because all of these things will come up. It's so easy when we're not spending time with the Lord to just sort of all these truths become like something in your storage shed. It's something I knew. I packaged it up. I put it in a box. I said, this is worth keeping. And I put it on the shelf. And then I forgot about it. It's not a living, working part of your life. But as we spend time with God, as we spend time in the secret place, as we spend time in his presence... We want all of these things to be active and at work in our lives. Remembering, he's my fortress. In him, I'm going to trust. I'm underneath his wings. If a thousand fall at my side and ten thousand at my right hand, it's not going to come near me. We want all this to be living and vital in our lives. But, you know, God wants you to feel secure. You are his child. He does not want you walking around with the rest of the world feeling, I just don't know. I don't know. Is everything going to be okay? Am I going to be all right? Am I going to make it? He didn't want you feeling that way. He wants you to feel solid and secure in him. Not in your own strength. Not in your own might. Not in your own set of situations. But secure in him. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes for just a moment. Father, thank you for being such a good father to us. You really thought of everything. You thought of how we would feel in times of turmoil. You thought of uh, how we would feel in times when there are plagues going around. You thought about our own need for healing, joy, peace. You gave us all things to enjoy in this earth. Lord, you really did think of everything. And so we're so thankful to you, Father, that you love us to that extent. And Father, I pray for every person in here. 
everyone who has received the gift of eternal life. If you haven't received the gift of eternal life and you want to today, you want to receive what Jesus provided for you, there's going to be some folks up after service who would love to pray with you and show you how to do that. But we just thank you so much for eternal life, Lord. Thank you, Father. I ask you, Lord, to remind each one of us in here that you were the most important person for us to spend time with. Beyond anything else. You will never leave us. You'll never forsake us. But Lord, help us to remember to put you first so that we can enjoy you. So that we can receive from you. So we can live out of the abundant life that's on the inside of us. Oh, we thank you so much, Father. Thank you so much, Father. Amen.